today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. There's occasion where I'll be with other pastors and we'll kind of go around, hey, what's God doing in your ministries? And I always, and for me, this is, this is quite a, a miracle unto itself, but I, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. That doesn't happen very often, but I just, I really don't know what to say because there's nothing I can, I can say, well, you know, here, here's, you know, what we're doing. What are you doing? Nothing. When you think about it, it would be crazy for an ink pen to receive the credit for writing a New York Times bestseller. So it's no different to recognize that God is in charge and invites us to be a part of His work in the world. God deserves all the praise, as we'll be reminded in today's message with Pastor J.D. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Isaiah chapter 10 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. How ridiculous would it be? You've got an axe and you're, you're chopping with it. And the axe, after you're done chopping, stands up and takes a bow. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's, you see the humor in it? Please tell me you see the humor in this. It's not just me, right? How absurd, how ridiculous. That's the point. That's what Assyria was doing. Assyria was just the axe used to chop. Assyria was just the saw used to saw and the staff. Can you imagine? I mean, you'll forgive me, and and maybe we need to spend just a little bit more time on this, if for no other reason other than me, because this is me. As a pastor, pastors are the worst. I'm just saying, being open with you. You know how it is after a sermon or a Bible study, and one has likened it to the glorification of the worm ceremony. Oh, pastor, that was, that was, a, that was amazing. You are amazing. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just the axe. I'm just the instrument. And woe unto me if I should ever fancy myself as the one who did it. You know, (laughs) I am keenly aware, and I've shared this before, and this is not, and I really mean this, and the Lord knows my heart. I am keenly aware that there are many times where God has you hear a different sermon than the one I preach, and thank God for that. No, I mean that. Because see, here's what happens. I'm just the mouthpiece, just the instrument, just the axe in his hands, the saw, the staff, the rod in his hands. And so when I teach, the Holy Spirit takes, (laughs) I think the Holy Spirit, well, when I get to heaven, maybe I'll hear about it. But it's kind of like the Holy Spirit has a lot of work, and it is the work of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit takes that, and before it reaches your ears, your heart, He tunes it to you. 
He, can I use this word, edits it, so that what you hear is what the Holy Spirit knows you need to hear. So you come up to me afterwards, you say, man, that was amazing. And I, I remember, this is a, many years ago, I always use illustrations from the mainland, so you don't like look at the person sitting next to you to see, oh, I wonder who he's talking about. So years ago, on the mainland, I, you know, here, here I am, the glorification of the worm ceremony, and this precious saint comes up to me, and she just says, oh, pastor, I was, I was just so blessed by the teaching, and God really spoke to me, and I, I like to hear that. God really ministered to me, and, and so I, I was just kind of curious. I've never done it since. You'll see why here in a moment. I asked her this question, what was it exactly that I said that really blessed you and ministered to you? And she said, excuse me? <laughs> you didn't say anything. It's what the Lord spoke to me. <laughs> I think I left early that day. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, oh yeah, no, I knew that. I knew that. I know. I just was curious, you know. One time my uh, wife, as only my wife can, and, and uh, I think God knew my wife had to have a sense of humor to be <laughs> be married to me. But, you know, she's... Um, she's my best critic. You know, we how we say you're you're your own worst critic. Well, she's my best critic. So, and I never I never ask her anymore, and she knows. And so sometimes she'll volunteer it. <laughs> so so what do you think of the the teaching? You know, she says, you know, um, I was very blessed. I said, oh really? Tell me more. <laughs> She says, you know what really blessed me about your teaching was when it ended. <laughs> no, that's a good thing, because it is a much needed reminder <laughs> that it's not me. It's not me. Hey, if God can speak through a donkey, He can speak through me. And I think pastors, and again I'm speaking for myself, I'm being, I hope you're not uncomfortable with my openness, but I think pastors would do well to be reminded that it is not you. Never think, and never take the credit for that which the Lord alone has done. You know, maybe if I, if I may uh, one more thing on this, and I think this is the Holy Spirit. I think about this often, quite often actually. Uh, we got this property, this building, absolute miracle. There's no question about it. Absolute miracle. It, it was the Lord. And He did it in such a way that even if we wanted to, we could not take credit for buying this property. And when it came time to renovating the building, God was so faithful to do it in such a way so that when people would be sitting in this beautiful sanctuary, the people that would come to this building, and they would look at me as the pastor and say, Whoa, you're amazing. Don't do that. If you only knew, you have no idea 
How many times I'm in the fetal position, literally, again, not hyperbole. I'm in the field, oh God, you know, like I'm this great man of faith. What a visionary. Visionary? This is my vision? This was God. And I could prove it, by the way. I got the scars to prove it, actually. God did this in such a way that only He gets the glory. And here's the thing. If I and the leadership of this church ever decided in our own pride, thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought, to just kind of, well, you know, hey, um, you know, I did have a part in it. (gasps) Game over. Game over. No flesh will glory in His presence. You know, God has blessed this ministry exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that we could have ever thought or imagined. I'm told, and uh, we have amazing people that God has called to this ministry. I'm told that the international ministry is just growing like crazy all over the world. And if you were to ask me, I mean, first of all, I could have never come up with this. I could have never strategized and planned and projected and, you know, plotted. And it's, it's kind of like God did it, and I'm just hanging on for the ride. <laughs> hanging on for dear life, having the time of my life watching God do what He's doing, and staying out of His way. Again, if you were to ask me, uh, why, how is it that, I mean, come on, look at you. I look at me every time I look in the mirror. I know what you mean. I mean, how? this makes no sense. I mean, who, who would have ever known? You are like the last person on the planet. And that's why God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. But of course man wants to try to figure it out. What's the secret to the growth of the ministry? What kind of programs do you have? <laughs> programs. I don't have any programs. (laughs) Yeah, but certainly you must have some sort of a, you know, five-year plan or some sort of a strategy that you, you know. Uh, No. You know what I do? I just stay out of God's way. This is God's church. This ministry belongs to the Lord, and the glory belongs to the Lord. You know, uh, whenever I have opportunity to share, there's occasion where I'll be with other pastors, and we'll kind of go around, hey, what's God doing in your ministries? And I always, and for me, this is is quite a a miracle unto itself, but I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. That doesn't happen very often, but I just, I really don't know what to say, because there's nothing I can, I can say, well, you know, here, here's, you know, what we're doing. What are you doing? Nothing. 
I mean that. Oh, but come on, certainly you're doing something. No, God's doing everything. So, but surely you must have, nope. See, here's what I know. God is looking for somebody that is going to just let him do what he wants to do, and stay out of his way, and not try to help him out. It's kind of like, you know, God saying, you want to help me? Don't help me. That'll help me if you don't help me. You know, when your kids were small and so adorable, right? You've got this project, and you're like, oh, Baba, can, can we help? I'm like, okay, fine. I, I mean, they're just so adorable, and then you let them, and they make such a mess of it. And you know that it's going to take you like five hours to do that which you could have done in maybe 30 minutes, had they not helped you out. I mean, so many times it's like God just knocking, hello, JD, that's you with me. You're adorable. Can I, can I help you? No, just no, don't help me. That's, that'll help me if you don't help me. See, there's something I want to do, and I just need you to let me. And if you'll let me, I will blow your mind. I will do things that if I told you about them, you wouldn't believe it. When we first moved here, started a Bible study, I mean, before even the church was officially planted, I, if you would have come to me, this is 2004, Whew. long time ago. If you would have come to me in 2004 and said, in the year 2021, first of all, if you would have told me about what the world's going to be like in 2021, I would have sent you to the institution. <laughs> but if you would have told me that in 2021, you were going to have this profound privilege of pastoring the most amazing church in the world, the most loving church in the world. And to the uttermost parts of the world, I would have not believed you. And here we are, all of these years later, I look back on it, and the greatest thing that I did was nothing at all, and just stayed out of God's way and let Him have His way. And then when you do that, and He has His way, <laughs> and He does exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything you could have ever imagined, then he's the only one that can take the credit for it. I mean, even if you, it would be laughable if you tried. And this is what I love about you, because you know me, and you know it's not me. You know it's God. Because, again, after all, I mean, look at you, Pastor. I mean, it has to be the Lord. Yeah, but Pastor's smart and savvy and shrewd. Stop. No. Everything that has happened with this ministry has happened because God did it. In spite of us. In spite of me. 
not because of me. Never imagine God looks at us and says, hey, you're kind of special. I think I'll choose and use you. Because, (laughs) I mean, you're special. No, He looks at you and says, I could use that guy. I could use them. Because I know that when I do what I'm going to do through them, there's no way that they could take the credit for it. And they won't try to. And that's why again God uses and chooses the foolish to confound the wise. We're only the instruments in the hands of the Master. Verse 16, therefore the Lord, the Lord of hosts, will send leanness among his fat ones, and under his glory he will kindle a burning like the burning of a fire. So the light of Israel will be for a fire, and his Holy One for a flame. It will burn and devour his thorns and his briars in one day. And verse 18, it will consume the glory of his forest and of his fruitful field, both soul and body, and they will be as when a sick man wastes away. Then, verse 19, the rest of the trees of his forest will be so few in number that a child may write them. And it shall come to pass in that day, listen very carefully, that the remnant of Israel and such as have escaped of the house of Jacob will never again depend on him who defeated them but will depend on the Lord. They're going to learn their lesson the hard way. The Holy One of Israel, in truth, the remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. For though your people, O Israel, be as the sand of the sea, a remnant of them will return. The destruction decreed, shall overflow with righteousness. For the Lord God of hosts will make a determined end in the midst of all the land. Therefore, verse 24, thus says the Lord God of hosts, O my people who dwell in Zion, Do not be afraid of the Assyrian. Hang on to that. I want to come back to that. (laughs) If I'm in Judah at this time, and the prophet Isaiah proclaims this, and prophesies this, and declares this, and says this, don't be afraid of Assyria. Uh, Isaiah, with all due respect, as a prophet of God. They're on their way. They're coming. And they're going to invade us. And they're going to leave a wake of destruction in their path as they always do. And you're saying, don't be afraid. We are paralyzed in fear. 
No, don't be afraid. And here's why. Listen, he shall strike you with the rod and lift up his staff against you in the manner of Egypt for yet a very little while. And the indignation will cease as will my anger in their destruction. In other words, I'm going to allow them to come and judgment will come, and yet a very little while my anger will be satiated, and my indignation will cease. And the Lord, verse 26, of hosts will stir up a scourge for him like the slaughter of Medean, again a reference to Gideon, we talked about that last week, at the rock of Oreb, as his rod was on the sea, speaking of Moses at the Red Sea, so will he lift it up in the manner of Egypt. It shall come to pass in that day, verse 27, that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Uh, some commentators have suggested that better translated, this would be because of the anointed one. Why is that important? Why do I emphasize that? Because this is not, he's not doing this because of them. He's doing this because he has a covenant with them. He's made a promise to them. He is not going to let them be completely and utterly destroyed by the Assyrians. The Assyrians have a limit to that which God will allow them to do as the instrument of judgment and correction, the rod of correction in His hand. And they can do no more. They can do no more. God will limit the enemy in our lives. God will only allow the enemy to do that which God will allow him to do to correct us, discipline us, chastise us. Why? Because he loves us. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't bother. That's how we know we're his children, the writer of Hebrews says. I mean, right? You know you're a child of God when you get a spanking, because he's your child. I mean, you're his child, right? If I'm in a restaurant, which I'm not anymore, <laughs> everything's takeout now. But let's just say, for purpose of illustration, I'm in a restaurant, and I'm sitting across from a family with young children. And they are so disorderly, and they're running around, they're throwing food all over the place, and mom and dad aren't doing anything. Let's just say, again, purpose of illustration, not, I would never do this. I don't think I would do this, but <laughs> I get up from the table, and I give those children a good spanking. <gasps> you can't do that. Why? because they're not your kids. Oh, so let's say that you see somebody get up and give them a spanking. Oh, you must be the parent. Yeah, because that's my kid. 
and I'm disciplining them. That's how you know. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you think that the gospel is only in our first four books of the New Testament, you'll quickly learn through this book of Isaiah that the gospel is mentioned throughout. It must have been interesting for Isaiah to write the things he did in the course of his life. He was a prophet used by God who lived while several kings of Judah reigned. From their outright wicked behavior to a king like Hezekiah, Isaiah experienced the people living in rebellion and then turning toward God, realizing their need for him. God used Isaiah in a mighty way to influence these kings and to speak to them about what was yet to come. God can use you in the place you're at today as well. It may not seem as influential or powerful of a position, but God has you right where he wants you, to use you in the place you are. Are you involved in a local church? If not, we invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can get directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for our next edition as we learn more valuable things from this interesting book of Isaiah right here on In Spirit and Truth.